This is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. I would look at Thorne being uncharacteristically serious, asking why so serious. I'm Daniel. I am an independent black woman and I don't need no man. Um, what am I going to do? I don't know. Probably go make a sandwich. I'm Eric. It's not a sex addiction, okay? It's <laughs> perfectly natural. It's not a disease. I'm Dave. Are you sure she doesn't have to spread friendship and magic as part of her daily morning routine? <laughs> uh, that's 12th level, I think. And I'm Tinzian. And I have a shorter introduction than Sabre does. I'm sorry. I was, like, zoned. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Eric. I'm Florian. And I'm giddy that it's October. Well, this is episode 158 in a weekly series following a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons. And today, I brought out really old school. Like, that was an old school intro. It involved Dave and a lot of people that aren't on the show anymore, but just because, feeling nostalgic. So, old school intro. Anyway, last time, we, uh, last time Cesar and I were sort of like half falling asleep while we were supposed to be picking the future of our entire existence of characters. So that didn't work out so well. Tianjin's going to catch us up on where we are because, frankly, I couldn't keep track. Dungeon Master, you are a go. You know, with using that opener, we're going to wind up having to beep a whole lot of stuff out. Any mention of the beep name? This was old, old school. We're talking, like, uh, season one, Dave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's okay. Fine. Old school. Very good. Not season, what, three? <sighs> Two. Um, speaking of that, by the way, welcome formally to season four. I know I said last episode was season four, but we wound up bullshitting for 30 minutes on some stuff and, uh, you know, and we'll see how this week goes. I say just go listen to it, but officially we shall call this season four and we'll title it powers eclipsed. Now, if anybody wants to have an alternate name, go ahead, give it to me. But I think this is what we shall do for now. We could call it Powers Eclipsed Extra, or P. Lunar. 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 Hmm. Okay. Well, it'll be like uh, Metal Gear Solid Black, Powers <laughs> Eclipsed. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden. Now we'll have all our friends go, why are you going to be like that? Yeah, well, too bad. It'll make for, for fun cosplay. Okay, so, uh, last time that we recorded, um... As Genesis, Genesis said, there were some issues with trying to pick their powers. Having been on the path of the immortals, there were some side effects that they gained. We'll cover that at another point in time when everyone is more awake. For now, just go listen to 157. It's a half hour. For those joining us on the audio recording, you will hear a purring sound. That is our co-GM, Freddy. He's lazy. He's, uh, He's not even purring. He's just sitting oh, there. Okay. Well, lazy. Hey, there you go. He was all through the opener and everything else like that, so. Okay, and Florian's back tonight, back from his epic concert tour. <laughs> Florian watched his... Germany last week. Yep, and uh, essentially he wound up covering for not only he, uh, The Who, Kiss, but also Mozart and U2. No expectations. No expectations, but uh, anyone else that's playing bass out there, sorry, give it up. There's a new... Lord of Bass out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, party is still 
camped outside of the forest. They were trying to figure out where they were going to go. Xanatari has asked not to think tonight and make structural decisions, so we shall turn instead to Eric. <laughs> My one request was, please don't make me think. It's Friday night after a long week. Oh, okay, but for me, I can think all I want. Mm. Okay. Which direction would you like to go? South. Okay. What sort of environment are you looking for? What's kind of your... You've had two weeks to... About wetting your whistle for adventure, what sort of... Yep. Been mulling it over every day. Right. Let's, mm-hmm. let's go in the sky or in the ocean. Let's find a cool environment. This doesn't involve a forest in a town. <laughs> um, well, I did think about it a little bit. Um, and to be honest, the... Uh, as a player, the, the pyramid has been nagging at me a little bit as sort of unfinished business. Um, so I think, you know, that that is a pretty clear place where at least something could be done to, to fix something wrong. And I think that um, Cesar would sort of, you know, save anything else to really recommend. You know, check that out. would recommend that. Okay. So, um, you have dispatched the uh, shape-changing druid, the wild-shaped druid, the fox, back to that small little village where he was causing some mischief at with his animals. What did he say? So far, nobody has told you what the fox has said. You've mounted up. Uh, I believe you are now riding winter, uh, Zanatari. And Carl has his box. Oh, God. <laughs> Probably uh, carrying it somehow, but um, he's going to run alongside. Cesar, having presented a general direction that he wishes to go, you guys are going to be heading um, north once again, and then you will be cutting through. I thought he said south. Distinctly heard it. Being he, facetious. Said, he said distinctly south, however, he is presenting himself for the pyramid. So, party. He wishes. wants to go south morally. Physically, <laughs> we'll head north. Actually, haven't you been already way south? Dirty. It's still like, head south. You've been you've been like below the equator. So you've been you've been so far below the equator that you know you're now north, heading back towards south. You mean like I'm around looping world, around. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Great world art. Mm-hmm. Magellan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So Magellan, I'm Magellan. Okay. So heading through, um, starting to head through the woods, you come upon a fairly used, well used game path that uh, will cut you down some time, and you haven't been traveling much more than. A day before you start to see some of that uh, mixed tundra and woodland um, terrain that you had seen near the Dragon Empire that has come up. This, for those who haven't been uh, following along, a landmass, well, the landmass that existed an unknown time ago has merged with the is superimposed itself on the top of the current landmass, so there's different bits and, and so forth there. Uh, do you wish to press on into the Dragon Kingdom before 
nightfall, or do you wish to spend the night? Uh, well, how much um, travel time would we estimate we have left? Mm, you would make, probably with about an hour before nightfall, you would make it into the territory. I would say if, if that's all the, um, you know, if, if that's all the, the further we're going to get, I'd say, uh, you know, hold off here and uh, enter this new territory when we've got at least, uh, you know, some uh, some light to work with. I don't know how much of a risk it's going to be, but why uh, why take it when we're not going to gain that much by pushing on now? Uh, Carl, any response to the group? They've just suddenly taken off without too much notice to you. Oh no, he'll just follow them. Okay. He's yeah, totally cool. He's like, I've got my box. I've got a box. Nothing to fear. I can hide in it whenever I want. Uh Cesar, both you and Xanatari are used to these small little lizard uh, imp-type creatures. These are the ones that were in the church. Running along the pews, they're the very small ones. Um, a couple times as you near the territory, you do encounter these. But basically looking under bushes and a couple on the branches. So your presence is noted. There doesn't seem to be any overt acts of either hostility or uh, greetings, given this is kind of a neutral, you are noted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So you are able to arrive to your campsite, and what would you all like to, to handle? gear off and check it out and we've been through a couple of battles now repair anything necessary clean it up whatever uh check the loot call the loot okay pretty good number of coins um you already discussed what the magic items were and uh carl's got his box <laughs> man carl there's one week end up with a box that's what happens <laughs> Just need some. Just need some pillows, and he'll have a fort going. He'll be all set. Um, what sort of protections are you setting up for the camp? I'm gonna take Bird out and put him on patrol. Okay. Bird comes out, and um, you didn't notice it before. It may be a trick of the light, or it may be Bert actually showing something. But the area that you have chosen as your campsite looks like it was once the center of a large plantation. And you're out in the fields, which have gone very much fallow. Okay. Cesar, Carl, anyone for protections or what they are choosing to do? Um... Cesar, um, I don't think he really does too much in terms of wards and things like that. He's more focused on his own stuff. So, you know, along the same lines, he's got, you know, bits to repair and, um, you know, uh, different, you know, little soldiers and pieces of equipment to bring back up. Okay. If there's a fairly dark tree in the near vicinity. I think he's just logging. Give him a second. 
Hello? There you go. You just lagged a bit. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just saying, um, Cesar's got a lot to work on and repair since he has so many little bits and pieces, so he's got some work ahead of him just to try to get things back up to snuff, especially if they're going to, one, head into this unknown territory, and then two, make it to the uh, the pyramid, so he's kind of got it, gonna get, blah, 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 kind of got his head down, sort of focused on that. Okay, Carl? If there's a train in your vicinity, uh, Carl's going to try to climb it. If it's okay. not too hard, he's probably successful and make himself a little um, well, lookout lodge there so he can stay um, comfortable in the tree for a few hours if it has to be um, to use it as a, an elevation point to <laughs> have better view when he's guard duty um, arrives. Okay. <laughs> Um, Carl, you're going to be about 50 yards away from the party for a tree that will suffice for you, but it's got a pretty good height to it, and it doesn't seem like it's uh, rotted at all, and you've noticed that the landmass, the land around you, seems to be this blend doesn't make too much sense because you haven't encountered it before, but looking further north... Um, you have seen that there is some sort of land berm, kind of a, a land wall or something that has been a, a land barricade. I'm trying to figure out how to best to describe it, but um, like a di- like a di- ditch behind it, like it's higher than everything else, or is yes, it's it's, it? it's it's higher. Like someone has mounted dirt up, sort of like a defensive Mound. yeah. defensive mount, an embankment. An embankment. An embankment that seems to run as far as the eye can see um, in either direction. And just beyond that, there are uh, at least three flying creatures. And if you squint hard enough in the fading light, it looks like there may be something upon them. Mm. But they are at a distance beyond that embankment well if Carl thinks that um, either um, Cesar's Centauri uh, <clears throat> on shouting rage he'll shout at them and hey I've seen something there it seems to be some some flying creatures and some people riding them do you do you know them uh, hearing that you know Cesar will uh Put down what he's doing, get up, um, head over to where Carl is, and take a look in the direction that I'm assuming he's indicating. Okay. Are you using any vision assist or other device? Uh, no, just uh, at least not yet. Just sort of seeing what he sees to okay. determine what it looks like and see if it seems familiar. Co-GM down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you see exactly then what uh, Carl does. However, um, because you're at a lower level, you haven't gone up into the tree. At least you didn't say that you were. Um, you don't see the flyers as well mm-hmm. as he does. But as you're both over there, you do hear on the wind from a distance um, some sort of calls 
that a uh, reptile or bird or something like that would make. It's not a hostile sound, but it's kind of like uh, listening to a bunch of sort of that uh, group mindset of the alpacas where they're always making noise so they are they know where the other is you, you, are you just gonna you're just gonna you're just gonna flip the desk at this point aren't you uh, Xanatari? he's being i'm sorry he's being a dick he could try to bite my hand for petting him now he's gonna sit there and eat and look like smug about it i'm like no huh Okay. Go Freddy. So, you hear that. Uh, Xanatar, you also hear that eventually. It's something carried on the wind. The breeze. Whatever you wish to call it. Xanatar, any reaction from you? Okay, it sounds like, um, what did you say, llamas or what was it? Well, it, it's, it's something reptilian or reptilian avian, but... You know how if you go and see a group of alpaca, a herd of alpacas, they're always making CERN. To look at each other. Yeah, that's okay. sort of what you get here. It doesn't sound hostile. Is this like a native uh, sort of creature that would be recognizable to a Kalashtar like history, uh, memory of it? Like, is it something that's living around the forest or whatever yeah, that you know is native to the area that the Kalashtar city is? Um, no. It doesn't seem to be anything that you guys have encountered before. However, if you wish to roll a nature check and a perception check, there may be some hope for you. Yes, actually I would. And actually, go ahead, Cesar. You do the same thing, please. Okay. Nature and perception? Please. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, 28 for perception. Nature won't be so good. Uh, 14 for nature. Okay. I got a um, 19 nature and a natural 20 on my perception for a total of 38. Very good. Okay, so then uh, what you both get, and I'm going to hold that 20 for something useful later on probably. Just remind me that you have that for a perception. Uh, it looks like it it's some sort of creature that you saw kind of outside of the village, like they had stashed it away when the lizard folk from the Dragon Kingdom had uh, paid a visit to Winterhaven. Hmm. So it could be reasoned that this is a creature that has not been naturally seen in this area for as long as you are aware via the Kalashtar memory, at least easily accessible ones. And it could very well be a taxi or some sort of guard mount creature. And the figures, um, Cesar, the figures on top would probably be some sort of lizard man. Mm -hmm. And do they seem to be, and maybe you mentioned this before, they have some sort of, are they in a holding pattern? Are they going somewhere? Are they heading towards us? What, where, what is their motion like? They are past the embankment on the Dragon Empire side. They are flying around. They don't seem to be having any interest coming towards you, but you get the distinct kind of on the hairs in the back of your neck that they've at least noticed you are there. 
Just kind of look like a like a patrol, maybe, or a... um, patrol or some sort of guard post okay. type thing. Um, you do spy. You, Cesar, do spy a number of the small lizard creatures uh, moving from um, deeper parts of what were the woods and moving towards the embankment. They are not coming into camp or towards camp, but they're probably staying, you know, a good 500 yards out. Any so they're, wait, they're, they're going into the territory? Yes. Okay. Um, but none are coming any closer than 500 yards to um, Carl's Tree or to the other side of the camp from where uh, Xanatari is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That being... Go on. I don't think Xanatari is going to be comfortable sleeping like this close to a series of people that could move you know, through the air at speed. Okay. Uh, Bert has not locked on to this group at this point in time. Winter does seem a little uncomfortable about this area. Not whimpering, tails not between her legs, but, or I forget, is winter a he? I think winter's a he, sorry. Yeah. Tail between his legs, he's, he's not that, but you can sense that there is a bit of unease, and uh, he's investigating the ground and you know, sniffing it and then kind of staying close nearby you. And you're not sure if it's he's trying to give comfort to you or he's trying to get comfort. Okay. okay. Um, Xanatari is going to turn to everyone and, and say, you know, having like heard this and I guess gained this information because uh, did Carl share like, the details of the visual or did we see it? Do we know that? Well, you'd be able to look in the direction. You'd see the berm from where the vantage points are. You know, you might see something come popping up over the okay. berm from the the flight angle. But Carl's the one that's got the best view. But Cesar's, you know, Cesar could pass the info back if you wanted to. Um, she's going to, you know, say to the group, uh, "You see those people over there, right? Uh, I don't, I don't want to sleep." with strangers around that could possibly attack us in our sleep, but at the same time, I don't want to introduce ourselves at sunset and have a, an interaction that involves the dark and a bunch of flying creatures that we couldn't really see if they decided to take off and attack us. I think, you know, maybe it would be best to try to find some sort of uh, place to, to hide that would be, you know, private until we choose the time of interaction. I, um, I'm not too sure we have much to worry about. I mean, I, I got, you know, relatively good feelings from our interactions with these people back in town. Um, you know, this is their, technically their, their land in terms of what we agreed upon. We're not in their territory, and um, I don't know, maybe it's naive of me, but I don't know that we have too much to worry about. I mean, we could still put up a watch, but, um... Do you I, think they'll leave us alone? I don't see any reason why they shouldn't. Okay. Or maybe could be wrong. Well, maybe we could just, or I could go over them and ask them if, um, if you say that it, this is their land, that um, we ask them for before camping, so they don't get offended by our presence, or maybe they are even friendly and invite us to their camp. 
for tonight? Well, we um, I mean, we're we're um, we're not in their land. It's uh, you know, outside of their 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 reaches. I'm I'm thinking that uh, embankment there probably indicates the uh the perimeter. So I I don't know that we're you know uh encroaching on their their bounds. I mean, if you want to do that, I don't I don't I don't again know that there's any harm in that. I don't know if it's necessary, but uh, feel free. I'm not going to stop you. Well, if their attention's not drawn to us, and we've already had somewhat, as you say, neutral to friendly interactions with them in the past, you know, maybe we can find a place that's somewhat secluded and sleep. I would rather not sleep in their camp, not knowing them very well and being completely vulnerable at that point, but um, we can cross the berm and maybe ask for their guidance towards the pyramid later if you want, but after after a rest. And keep. I think we should keep a watch, too. We can take turns. So are you guys <clears throat> going to move backwards? I don't know. Do we have, like, cover somewhere? We can just sleep? Mm, if you go back a quarter of a mile, you will have much more coverage options. Okay. Yeah, we can fall back. It's not going to hurt. We stopped a little early, so we've got time to uh, to readjust. If that would make you more comfortable, sure. Okay. Um, about halfway back um, to what you thought was going to be your intended campsite, you find the sort of depression in the earth, and uh, you also find a mound as well. It's sort of uh, kind of like looks like a, a land wave has gone through, and uh, some stones have come jutting up or have been pushed up. You know, just by seismic activity. And um, looks like you would be able to get some reasonable sense of protection within this area. Okay. The center will make camp and volunteer to take first watch. Okay. Will you be lighting fires? Yeah, there's any reason why not, as long as it's not visible to people that we okay. just saw. Okay. Cesar, uh, anything for you? Uh, she's got the uh, the watch, so he's going to take the you know make the most of that. He's not too concerned about where they are. He didn't really feel the need to drop back, so he's not too stressed or anxious. So he's going to rest as he can. Okay. Um, Carl, what about you? Oh, he just a um, tree. Uh, and I was thinking he'll stay with the group and. Uh, stuff a spare rope in his box and fold his legs in making a little bed out of it. Um, You'll notice as you've been walking um, the ground is starting to get foggy and uh, there's definitely a mist coming in. doesn't seem like there's going to be any rain. You don't sort of get that smell but it is going to be a somewhat cooler evening than you've been used to to this point. And uh, you will have to, as I say, deal with some fog. But the nice part, um, and Danatari and Cesar would know this, that sound travels pretty well within that sort of environment, so it's probably a boon versus a bust. And you're able to settle in. Xanatari, in the distance... 
you hear nothing. You're further back, so you're not hearing the calls of the creatures. You hear off in the distance um, some movement that sounds similar to the small lizardmen creatures mm-hmm. you've encountered before. They are not. They they sound like they are not coming near the camp, but it sounds like they are passing at a distance again towards the berm. To let them continue along their perimeter, and as long as they leave us undisturbed, just keep them watch out. Okay. Um, how much are you taking in of your surroundings as you're doing the watch? Are you doing some other activity at the same time that you're doing your watch? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that she would be possibly polishing, you know, the sword, trying to get any rust off of it, you know, checking out. The pommel where Cesar had attached the uh, special stone, you know, making sure that everything is gear-wise, uh, maybe even like whittling something, just kind of passing the time while looking every couple minutes up. Okay. Um, as you do that, uh, the fog is getting thicker. And you notice that Bert has not triggered on anything, but the colorations that he is displaying, or it is displaying at this point in time, match very much the sort of uh, almost purplish-blue cast of the moon. And you were under the impression when you... um, the moon first rose, that it was a crescent moon. Okay. Uh, it could be a trick, but there's enough moonlight coming through that would make you think that maybe there's a half moon. Okay. About three-fourths of the way through your watch. Like, is in the moon is actually, the, the time, time is passing differently than I would expect it to? Um, there just seems to be a lot more moonlight than you would expect to see for a crescent. Okay, um, do I sense anything, like, magical occurring? I'll do an arcane check, if necessary. Okay, go ahead. Uh, 20, but not natural. Okay. Um... There doesn't feel like there's any magic, but it feels like Bert might be channeling something out into the environment. Channeling something into the environment. Um, is there a specific target that he's channeling things to? Uh, off in the direction that you had come from, um, where you'd gone out, saw the berm, the, whatever, mm-hmm. and come back. Though that field area. And where is he gathering the stuff that he's passing through himself through channel? It just seems that it's an internal channel. Like like if you if you look away from Bert and then kind of slowly creep your eye back, it's kind of as if a movie projector. Mm. You sort of see like the kind of dust or whatever. Right. That sort of thing as if it's it's not disrupting the fog, 
but it's something that seems to be going into the fog. Okay. Uh, I'm going to leave my post and go look. Okay. Let's see what he's like, what he's aiming at specifically. Is it long? Is it a distance away? Because I don't know that he has power enough to like really project you know, any kind of uh, force miles and miles, are we talking like just a quarter mile like where we came back from or is this much closer? Whatever, the, I think you'd gone back an eighth of the mile if I've yeah. not completely failed my math. Um, that like that general mile. that yeah. general area, you know, you were going to go a quarter mile back, you only went halfway, so that's eighth of a mile, I don't know, it's math, so <laughs> for that. Okay, so, um, so he's projecting back towards exactly where we were. Yeah. But it's something focused in that in that direction. Um, give me another perception check, please. Sure. Oh, uh, twenty-eight. Bert follows along with you. Um, doesn't protest, isn't seeming to, like, you know, suddenly knock your head to get you to stop back. Uh, Winter is getting a little more nervous about the situation. You come to a point where you can't see back to the camp, clearly. Um, you can tell maybe there's some fire for the, the fire that was at the camp. You, you, you could, you know, turn around and go back that way. But you get a feeling that if you take another two steps... This fog may be gone, but that there is something different out there. Okay, and Bert is supportive towards this, whatever it is. You get the feeling that Bert might actually be responsible for this fog. Okay, then I'm going to stay within the fog and backtrack towards the camp. I think this is strange enough that I'm going to wake everyone up. Okay. Uh, Carl, how does uh, how do you normally sleep? Pretty pretty strongly, kind of light sleeper. Um, more of a light sleeper because he's um used to traveling alone, and when there's nothing, no one else to guard you, you'll have to sleep lightly. Okay. Um, when you when you wake up. Is your eyes open? Uh, above you, not surrounded by this uh, fog or anything, for a moment you see that the moon above you is three quarters full. As opposed to being a uh, crescent um, a few hours ago? Yes. But oh. you're sort, you're, it's sort of like as you open your eyes, you're looking up through this chimney. And, you know, this chimney effect. And you realize that what you're staring at is the moon as it's starting to slide through and it's being covered by more fog. Oh, he'll um, open his eyes and shut up, whoa, and climb out of his box. <laughs> okay. And look around for Centauri and Cesar. Okay. Cesar. Yes. How, how are you normally sleeping? I, I realize you don't have the chicas and the beer with you, but... Uh... Uh, heavily. Okay. Heavy sleeper. Well, you may need to put the steel toes to him. 
Sanitari, but uh, what do you tell the party when you get up? Um, I'm going to explain that, you know, there's something strange going on, and Bert is reacting to it. It appears that there's something, uh, you know, back where we came from, maybe a quarter mile away, that is a problem, and we are being... My theory is that we're being shielded by this protective fog that Bert is generating. The moon is indicating that time is passing or something strange is happening magically, and I think we should be prepared for whatever it is. Now should we uh, go investigate? or? I would like to go. I went to the edge of the fog, and I could have crossed, but I didn't want to cross and leave you here unprotected. So I think we should all go and see what's out there. What uh? What makes you think there's a there's a problem? Well, um, Bert. Bert seems to think that there's some reason we need to be protected, or uh, at least hidden from whatever it is out there. And Bert tends to leave these things alone unless there's a problem. All right. Fine. Let's go. But if uh, Bert, as you called him. Um, Makes the fog want the fog go with us when you try to leave it? Uh, that's that's a good question. Um, very good question. I don't know. Let's see what happens. All right. Okay. Um, by the way, uh, Carl has, to my knowledge, never seen Bert before. Oh, I think he caught a glimpse on it. Um, Think, oh yes, uh, during during the shadow well, stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um so you're you're seeing this very odd sort of stone uh, orbiting Xanatari's head. Um, last time he seen it Xanatari had his wings out, so <laughs> that was so weird to him that the flying stone <laughs> wasn't big okay. much uh, for deal to him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's an ion stone. Flagstones are square. Okay. You get a sense from um, Santari, by the way, on the uh, group mind link. Mm. You're getting a sense from Bert that it will not stop you from crossing past there, but you must exercise caution. Okay, uh, well, I'm planning to be quite cautious, because I don't know what it is on the other side that's so very bad that we need to be hidden. So that's not a problem for me. Okay. Alrighty. Um, moving forward, you come to, again, strongly get the impression that if you take two steps, you'll be outside. And so we shall. Okay. What precautions are you taking? Uh, drawing my, sh- my sword, my short sword. Preparing for something bad to be right beyond the edge. Okay. Um, your deity is, by the way, very quiet ever since uh, you took up the watch. Mm. About halfway through, your deity, um, sometimes you get a sense that he's around or whatever, or it's around. Uh, there's no contact at this point in time. Okay. This reminds me strangely of the time when we went into the future fog. Um, remember when the, the skeleton was written on, like the books mm-hmm. were written on and we went to the fog. This reminds me of that. So she's going to have like somewhat flashbacks of that time and be really prepared for, for anything strange. Okay. Uh, Carl, what 
action precautions or anything are you going to take? Oh, he um, fasten his rope and <clears throat> uh, pick up a few rocks if there are any on the ground and so he, that he's got about um, about three of them in one hand and one the other hand and uh, flexing his throwing arm a little bit <laughs> so that he's ready to throw rocks at anything that seems hostile. Okay. Cesar? Cesar's got his weapon out as well. Um, and he's also got his pouches loaded up with um, his uh, you know constructs and special bolts and things like that, everything at the top, ready to go. Okay, you're rocking the night vision goggles tonight? Yep. Okay. And we will count Xenotari uh, as having light source via BERT. Okay. You're going to have to convince uh, Winter to go out there, Xenotari. Okay. But um, the other co-co-GM, Google, the cat, has now appeared. You will not hear her purring on this thing. Um, but Winter, when it realizes that you are going to be heading outside or further along, will come with you. Okay. So it's not a, it's not a, not a coward, but there's definitely some understanding. Are you going to march and just stick your head out, or are you going to fully march outside of the fog? Well, I don't see the point in sticking my head out. I might as well commit. Alrighty, as you exit the fog, um, you see looking to your left and right and behind you that this is sort of like an entire fog bank weather system, but much more as if uh, one's seen pictures of a sandstorm on TV. But instead of sand, this is um, fog from the ground all the way well up into the sky. Okay. The moon is no longer a perfect spheroid. It appears to have chunks removed from it. Or as if parts have been cut out. And ahead of you, again, more along the lines of a quarter mile away, you see that the fields are lit with a vast number of torches. And there's also a deep rumbling going on um, that you can f feel through your feet in the ground. Okay. Okay, rumbling in the ground, like from marching of many like warriors, or rumbling in the ground like an earthquake, or like what kind of rumbling are we talking about? Feels kind of like an earthquake, but a very consistent sort of rumble or vibration. Okay. Hmm. Consistent as in, like, a pulse? Um, if you were to drag something along the ground... Ah, oh, okay, okay. And you hear, every once in a while... Thum, thum. As if something very heavy is landing hitting or hitting the ground. Okay. Also, you realize that before the area that you were in um, didn't seem like that large a field. 
for almost as far as you can see to the left and to the right are these lines of torches and um, fields. There appear to be uh, scarecrows mm -hmm. lined up in precise order up and down the rows of some of the fields. You can just kind of see the, the silhouettes of them. Mm -hmm. And in... One field much further down, it looks like there is something large and humanoid that is dragging something behind it through one of the fields. Mm, okay, I would like to head that direction. Because I have suspicions as a character that this is some sort of training area for dragon, for the beasts that they were riding, perhaps, or you know, maybe some sort of game or something else because the torches all lined up seemed to indicate perhaps like a teaching area for landing or something like that. Like, like unless there's some hostile action or hostile vibe or something that she's getting, she's going to assume that this is, has something to do with the people she saw earlier since we're so close by and perhaps just some, some sort of a societal like thing. Okay. Um, You move forward for about 10 minutes, and you don't seem to be making much ground towards whatever this field is. You know, you're, you're definitely moving, but the scale of the, whatever this creature is, is pretty gigantic. Okay. Um, Cesar, I'm going to take that natural 20 for your perception. Uh-huh. Uh, for everyone's knowledge, as soon as you had stepped out of the the fog, the temperature got a lot colder. Okay. And the moon that you were observant of uh, prior to heading off in this journey, you realize that there's sort of a splitting of um, disks with the moon. You realize that what you were seeing was actually the sun, but an extremely weak and dying sun. And the parts that were being covered were appeared to be the remains of the moon. It's a very weak, anemic sun. And it comes to your understanding that you are perhaps at noon during the day. And you say we all notice this? You do, because you had the 20. There's, there's some sort of... <clears throat> Alright. Um, guys, um, look at the, uh, the moon again. Uh, it. If you take a look there, it, it, it seems like it's the the sun. I, I, I think. Tell me what you think. Zentari looks at it and smiles and is like, um, "Let me. Don't you realize the sun is a lot brighter than that? I mean, this is clearly not daytime. That must be the moon. How could it possibly be the sun?" She looks at him like he's off a bit such an intelligent guy to not recognize the difference between the moon and the sun. No, 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 I, I know what you mean, but the, um, it's, it's like a, I don't even know, it's, I feel like it's, it's like what, 
like an older or dying star sun would be like. Um, being sort of blocked by something. I don't know. It's not right, that's for sure. <laughs> I agree it's not right. That seems like a... How would the sun instantaneously die? It's been 15 minutes. Uh, has it? Well... And how would you know how a dying sun would look like? If the, if the sun would die, we wouldn't see anything. I, I don't know. I just that's kind of what it, I feel like it would. It looks like I. I don't. You know, and and I don't know what to do with that information, whether I'm right or wrong. So, <laughs> is there anything we can do about it except keep going forward? By the way, Caesar, right, you yeah. do happen to see um, some skeletal mice scamper by. Oh, great. Okay. Um. Well, look at. Look down there. Watch them go. See them? What's that? Oh. Mice with uh, <laughs> are in need of a meal. <laughs> this is very strange. Uh, let's keep going. There's something we can do. We need to like get out, back to where we were. This doesn't seem like where we came from. I'm confused. Okay. The um, large sounds hitting the earth continue and you realize that during your study of the the star above and whatever else was going on this creature this almost humanoid creature that uh, you were heading towards has gained a lot of ground on you towards you it is some sort of large skeleton it is bound in chains in terms of around the shoulders and over the shoulders. Okay. And there is a chain in its jaw. Mm. And behind it, um, probably about an eighth of a mile away, just because, you know, hey, math. Right. There appears to be some sort of large plow or bone-type rake that it's dragging along. Okay. And it seems to be making furrows in the earth. It's a beast of burden? Unclear. Is there someone directing it? (coughs) Sorry. Is there someone directing it? Like, does it have some sort of control device, like reins or something? Mm, Not that you can tell aside from the chains, but this is easily a... Two to four hundred foot tall skeleton. Mm, okay. That's big. Mm-hmm. And you have probably from where you're currently at ten minutes before it is upon you. Mm. I don't know, does it look angry? Or hostile? Or is it just like head down plowing? It just seems to be um, very methodically moving forward. Alright. Uh, I want to go out of the way of its direct interaction path. Like, left or right, fine. Not where it's going to be coming. 
dead on. Okay. You can head back into the fog, or you can head into the fields. Mm, what do you think, guys? Oh, I... Is this, you know, what you think Bert was fogging us for? Yes. Okay. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing sort of what's going on here. Let's move uh, that way. I'm not going back. Okay. That way being what, Cesar? Not back into the fog. Toward, I guess okay. you said fields. Okay. Carl? Uh, Carl, uh, without them, but mumbled by uh, himself, I, I don't like this thing. That things aren't supposed to move. <laughs> I think we should either try to try to kill it or run away, but uh, he'll he'll follow them. But it's obvious that he doesn't like being close to that thing. Okay. Um, moving at speed towards the fields, the nearest one uh, being something that you will easily make before the uh, the skeleton is upon you. You. Come start to come within the range of the firelight, and you hear a large number of mumbled voices. And some are crying, some are whispering what sounds like prayers to various deities, some languages you can understand, some that you cannot. But Something tells you or gives the feeling like someone is reading a book or everyone is reading a book and trying to talk out loud at the same time. Okay. But it's something coming from the field. This noise, these these prayers slash discussions it's just this whole jumble of of things but it, it's carried on the wind so it's not an out loud concert raucous thing mm. it's just there's something on the wind that gives you this sort of melange of okay uh, well, at least that's what your brain is processing in terms of what it could be well we're out here We've come this far. Might as well check it out. Okay. Coming further into the light, you are now able to make out the fact that each of these um, scarecrows, they are in line with the furrow, like corn. Not as closely packed together, but uh, they all appear to be humans or humanoid-type Creatures, mostly human, um, of the same age. And with that, because we are at our hour, we'll pick up next time. Zanatari, take us out. Thank you for listening. You can find out more at deathc4dishonored.com. Find us on Twitter at D4 or on iTunes. Uh, please take a listen to the Gray Area Podcast, which is interviews with developers and stories about their lives, which you can find at gemacy.com. If you come every Friday, hopefully, at 9 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time on Twitch, 
twitch.tv slash Jennison and watch us live, which is hopefully what you're seeing on iTunes right now. Not the live part, but the things that you would see if you were watching us live, and you would have more fun because you can comment. So stay tuned for next time for a worldwide adventure.